<laughs> You're listening to Peace Off, the official podcast of Fantasy Ski Racer, brought to you by Fantasy Ski Racer and Technical Blizzard. And uh, this is very special because, uh, for a number of reasons, one, this is the first uh, face-to-face podcast I've done with anybody this year. All of them have been over the phone, as you, I'm sure you've probably noticed. Um, second of all. When I was doing the Redneck episode with Robbie Kelly and Tucker Marshall, we were trying to get a hold of Julia, who was in Canada. And now Julia is in Sun Valley for U.S. Nationals. And now we've got her here in person, Julia Ford, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, everyone. This is actually my first podcast, too, recording, so should be interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like television, you know, you, you're in the comfort of your own home, but there's like a big crowd that you don't see. Yeah, just don't say anything wrong. <laughs> well, Only accurate. I, yeah, well, you know what, I just, I, I just, I'm a big fan of embracing failure. All right. So the, the second you can feel comfortable with that, then you can pretty much do anything. There's a lot of that in ski racing too, so you get pretty good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. This is crazy. I haven't had eye contact with anybody this season. <laughs> Um, so I, we talked about a number of different things with Robbie and Tucker, like marketing and um, uh, different aspects of, of how they kind of got, got their gig together. And um, well, with you, I want to talk about kind of the training regime and the training lifestyle with uh, an independent athlete. But there's one thing that I was thinking about the last couple of days that I really would kind of want to bring up, and that's the roster of redneck ski racers and that is and including alumni you've got tucker marshall robbie kelly you've got tim kelly you've got andrew McNeilis, and mm-hmm. yourself okay now if if you go across the board and look at all of those guys and yourself i mean it's pretty ironic and pretty noticeable that you guys all come from pretty big time heavy American ski racing families. Yeah, I guess I, I have always known that. And now you're all on the same yeah, team. but I have never really put that together. And our families all kind of grew up skiing together, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, do you guys have an end-of-year banquet scheduled here? We should. We should have a big uh, family reunion. <laughs> I, I'd imagine that there'd be a lot of shop talk involved Yes, there. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun when we all get together. Uh, and I skied with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and then... Robbie, Tucker, Andrew, and I are all the same age, and we all come from Vermont. Right. So I've known those guys since you know I was twelve years old. Right. It's just funny, and our parents have known each other for ages. It's it's a small community when you get deep into it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the world only gets smaller the longer you stick around. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so so you've been at you've been at Steamboat, uh, kind of working in with them all season, but you know it's been a few years since you were an actual named athlete with the u.s ski team so you have had some perspective on your own for a while Mm -hmm. you're trying to generate training and i'm and i guess i'm asking you to speak for the other guys too but when you're a part of an independent group that may or may not have a strong association with one club or one entity what is what is training like what do you how do you how do you generate opportunity for that yeah, so it is uh, challenging at times, and I think that the three of us have all taken kind of different approaches to it, um, a little bit based off personality, but then also what you are, what they've done in the past. Um, and so, like last year, I came back to skiing, and I came back to skiing slalom, and I hadn't skied slalom in a long time, and so I based myself in New England, in New Hampshire and Vermont, like where I was used to it, and Tucker was in Vermont too, so Tucker and I were able to train a lot, and that training was kind of 
spur of the moment, like call someone up and be like, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? A lot of it was like with colleges, we went to Okemo. I worked in with Waterville Valley a lot. Mm -hmm. So part of, uh, what we have done is we, we make connections with people that we have had relationships with either in the past or, uh, that like new relationships. Like I didn't have a relationship with Steamboat this year, but I knew that like, if I wanted to get better, I needed more consistency in my skiing. And a big part of skiing for me is being part of a team. Mm -hmm. And that's why I joined Redneck. I liked what they stood for and I wanted to be a part of something that was just not me being an independent skier doing this whole thing by myself. Like I wanted to be with a group of people that believed the same things I did and were working to the same goals. Um, and so last year I worked with Waterville, which was great. Uh, and this year I went a different route with Steamboat, but that it was mainly for that team atmosphere and for consistent coaching because mm -hmm. I hadn't skied slalom in so long that I wanted that consistent coaching from day to day. Um, and then it was also for the training, being mm -hmm. able to like wake up and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Where uh, last year, some days it was like a little sketchy finding training where you like would text people the night before and you wouldn't get a response till late and you didn't really know what you're doing. But in the East, you can drive anywhere within like an hour and a half. So generally you could find some training. Um, and we've been around so long and uh, we are fortunately fast enough where people tend to be open to having us. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, yeah. when, you, when you know you that... Uh, I mean, that's something you have to leverage, right? Yeah. You know, when you when you know that you're going to provide pace and you're going to provide some perspective for developing athletes. If, I mean, for me as a coach, I'd be like, yeah, I would. Of course, yeah. I, w I wouldn't dream of not having you. Yeah. And uh, that's largely how I got associated with the with the other three before um, as well, because I used to come to GMBS all yeah. the time to train. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, having that having that pace for sure. And then at the same time, though, I think you really touched on a pretty strong point with. Um, you know, being an individual, I mean, I say it time and time again, ski racing is, might be an individual sport, but it takes a team for you to get there. Absolutely. And the other thing too is whether you're in New England or Colorado or wherever, you know, it, long drives by yourself get pretty boring. It gets pretty tiring pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, you know, I can remember, you know, UNH just driving, you know, three hours, you know, every every other day to, to go ski by myself and after class and whatnot. And, and, you know, finally after this, you know, somewhere in the middle of the second year, I just went, I just, I, I've got other things to do with my life right now. <laughs> Whereas if I had a buddy, maybe I would have been like... A little more entertained. Yeah, I've, absolutely. I've learned the further west you go, the longer the drives get too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I used to think it was far going to whiteface you know four hours and i just drove 10 hours here like it was nothing <laughs> well that's the other thing too i have i have a scale that i equate things to i think uh three hours of driving out west equals one hour of driving Absolutely. back east for sure yeah. yeah those those roads are too narrow to text on for no. sure <laughs> um no but i also imagine though we talk about the pace and whatnot and, and trying to, to, to create um you know, create yourself, use that as leverage as opportunity. But I, I imagine that's, there's a pretty big philanthropic element to what you guys are doing. Like, um, I know for instance, you're, you're coaching a little bit more at, at Steamboat yeah. and that also, does that help kind of supplement the whole picture of like, you know, you get to train and you get to give back by. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's always been really important uh, to myself to give back, but also to the rednecks. Um, and I think that's partly it's due to a couple things. Uh, one, 
we've always had really amazing supporters. Mm -hmm. Um, So we know what it means to have that support as an athlete and what it can do for an athlete. Uh, And so, and we had really good role models. And so we are kind of carrying that on, I would say, whether it was our siblings being good role models for us or other people that we looked up to and ended up meeting. Uh, Like Leanne Smith, those guys were huge role models to me. And I am very grateful that I can be in a position to you know, inspire someone younger or help them in their skiing. Uh, and then the other thing is that's just something our families have stood for. Like mm-hmm. the Cochrane's have a mountain that where it's directed around making ski racing affordable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is kind of something that just has been ingrained in us is that you, we've been helped. And so with that blessing, like we should really try to help other people and it's a really challenging sport. So if we can, you know, give someone a tip that can help their skiing or just help them through a rough day, uh, it's, it's beneficial for everyone. Uh, and I, I enjoy that part. Like I work with uh, organizations in Boston that bring inner city kids to the mountains and T2 foundation. We've all been a part of which their whole model is they help support athletes financially and, they give to you, you give back to the community. Uh, and that's that's something that's been really important to me for sure. Wow. That, that's, that was so eloquently put, by the way. Thanks. Really, really impressed. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it is like something I'm very actually passionate about. And it was one of the reasons why we the whole idea at Steamboat came about um, was we thought that if I could coach and be a part of this team that I could look at other people skiing, uh, very analytically and learn from that. And if you remember studying for a test or something in high school for you to teach someone else something, you're actually learning it a lot yourself. Um, and so that has been kind of a learning curve for me is I know ski racing very well, but to articulate it to a younger athlete that hasn't quite learned the lingo or felt the feelings that we've all felt on a higher level, uh, has been both challenging and very rewarding when you can actually break through to them. Absolutely. I actually, uh, I was setting gates for Mike Ankeny the other morning and the way he started, uh, speaking about his own skiing and some of the breakthrough thoughts that he's had this year. Um, as simple as they are, you know, or might appear to sound initially, you know, it's, it's, you could tell that he too has been in a lot Mm -hmm. of positions where he's been able to coach. And I think that is a pretty strong piece to the puzzle first in terms of getting to that next level at your point in time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, because you, you, even though you might be 25, 26, still ski racing, you know, you're not a kid any longer. No. And you, you do need some sort of level of, of perspective that is a bit more adult because, you know, let's face it. I mean, even Hersher can sit there and, and speak about skiing on a, on a level that uh, sounds quite a bit more um, uh, uh, savant than maybe just <laughs> somebody getting out of college, you know? Yeah, totally. And I always tell the kids that if you really break skiing down, it's super simple. Uh, and we all work on the same things. It's just under different parameters. So mm-hmm. the better you get, you're going to continue working on the same stuff. You're just making a tighter arc and it's going to be under faster speeds and you're more paying attention to details and trying to narrow in on the little things, but it's all like very simple. Yes. There's not, we had a kid this year that was like, how do I expedite this process? 
And I'm like, we're, we're like, sorry, buddy. Like you're not going to expedite it. Like you got to go out there and do the work. And then when you figure something out, it's going to get more challenging to get faster. <laughs> expedite. Where, where is this kid coming from? What, I mean, I, I loved it. I was like, good for you for thinking like that, but it doesn't work like that. Sure. But I mean, as long as, I mean, you gotta, you gotta appreciate the fact that his head was already going this far into at least you know it's not like you're shattering his dreams you're, you're but you're putting it into a perspective yeah. that at least he's understanding because he's already thought about it if he's thinking about it this yeah. way oh and he was like awesome let's do the work but he hadn't really and i i mean i felt like that when i was a younger athlete too you want to be there right now but it takes a lot of time and maturity and development and strength training to get to that faster speed absolutely i think th- it's funny that you touched upon this i'm so so glad that you 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 recognize this in your own skiing but um, I, and I recall being a young coach and I see it now with some of the younger coaches that I have working with me is that once you've taken a step back from being an athlete and gotten to a coach in a coaching position and start thinking about skiing differently, all of a sudden you want to come back because you might yeah. think you're a better skier than you were before. And it might be true, but you know, if, unless you're willing to go all in, that's you probably not going to do much more than town series with that yeah you've probably sat on the couch a little longer than you've hit the gym when you <laughs> when you start becoming a coach well you get to this this yeah you get to this hybrid level it's like you know you, you, where you can probably drink as many beers as you can bench press so you know that's that's also a tough Which, yeah it's impressive feat yeah absolutely well to some people i'm sorry i definitely think that's only in some crowds is that really uh depending and that actually tends to get old actually rather quickly if, yeah. believe it or not when you're when you're younger, it seems like it's everything, but it's really not. Um, that, that's, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I completely agree with, with where you're coming from. And, and um, you know, I think that, uh, it, it, well, but has the coaching element taken away from you skiing at all, do you think? Or do you still continue to get the mileage that you think you need? Where where I have changed, I would say, is that I care very deeply about my athletes. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've always struggled with this in an individual sports setting where it's uh, like sometimes I will prioritize their well-being above my own, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. It just uh, is can be you know a good gift and can be a flaw when it comes to your own performance. Um, but I very much look like... I have my dreams and I have my goals, but so do they. And I find it just as rewarding to try to help them get to theirs as it is seeking my own, if that makes sense. Absolutely. But so, but on a, on a, on an actual level of, so does this mean, will you like skip the course set that morning to get a warm up in so you can get like the first couple runs in on a clean course or, or like, are you making sure that things are good to go and then getting into training and then starting to it take fluctuates. care of yourself. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't say I've had, I have like a day-to-day structure. Mm-hmm. It kind of depends on the situation. Uh, I, I help with setup, mm-hmm. um, but there'll be days where we, like most of the time we run porn points order. So uh-huh. that helps me out. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Cause I'll go first. Um, but yeah, like sometimes I'll go first. Sometimes I'll go last. Sometimes I'll be like, "Hey, two thousand girls, you're training with me today," and try to help them out that way. Um, and then if something like I've, if I'm testing skis, we'll try to get some clean runs on the course. Uh, but that's just kind of catering to anyone's needs. Like if I wouldn't say that's because of the situation I'm in. It's more uh, that if anyone has a specific need like that day, then we'll cater to that need. You know. 
Do you, uh, I imagine, do you guys train in the afternoon? We have a PG program too. Uh-huh. So the PGs will train in the morning um, and then the kids get out of school at noon. So they'll come one to four. So are you doubling up on you, yourself on some of these training sessions? Uh, sometimes. I would say the most challenging part of my year this year has been monitoring my energy mm-hmm. uh, ex- output, output because uh, it's kind of been, I can have as much as I want mm-hmm. um, and you just can't take all of that without it wearing you out absolutely and that's certainly a learning experience that any athlete is dealing with i mean even just talking with um some of the speed guys even for them to just kind of think of you know despite being on the national team traveling the world cup circuit it's regular your own personal regulation yeah absolutely is a challenge yeah and when i came back uh, I was always, you know, train harder, train harder, train harder. That's how you get faster. And I totally tried to change my mentality to uh, train smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Um, because that recovery, especially the older you get, is mm-hmm. just as important. And the rednecks and I uh, differ from that a little bit where Robbie and Tucker will be like, if you don't take 10 runs, it's a day off. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm going to try to take like some very high quality runs. And then some days, you know, I'll be with them and we'll take 20 runs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I find it very hard on my body now, which I've never had when I was younger. I think when you're young, you really need those miles. Yeah. And the older you get, it becomes more quality instead of quantity. Absolutely. I think that's definitely yeah. a, a realization that. And starts to a, click with it click it clicks in your head before it even oh it's, it's a sad realization yeah. it's it's I hate that that I can't <laughs> do it anymore and you know I'm training with a, a lot of younger kids that can go forever and I I am you put a pace setter in front of me and I'll match and try to beat their pace so I've really had to try to monitor my energy but it's also put me in a good situation because I'll go take you know, five really high quality runs and then I can switch over to my coach's boots and stay out there and actually help. Um, so it has given me an outlet that way. So uh, let me ask you this. Even though like, let's say it's a slalom session where you take four or five runs or something Mm -hmm. like that, are you still getting a lot of volume through free skiing? Like, are you allowing, like, cause I'm a firm believer that, you know, you, you, the, like impact mileage, like yeah. continuing to, it's not just about achieving that feeling yeah. and then, you know, recreating it every day, but it's also about once you've achieved it and continuing to ingrain that into you so that yeah. even in the slightest of, of adversity, it's still there. Yeah. And it's not, so, so I would say like, it's not like, Oh, it clicked on Friday. I'm ready to race. this. No, you want that to click Tuesday season. and click it all week. Absolutely. I totally agree. And it's a long season. Uh, which is what I found. And so when you have those good feelings, it's also about keeping those good feelings. And right. that's what you can do with free skiing. And so for me, uh, being a you know bigger girl downhill skier a couple of years ago, a lot of those old habits are still with me, the wider stance, mm-hmm. um, the kind of the bracing. And then it's coming to slalom where you're pretty much changing. Like I've totally changed my training and my um, body type and all this stuff, but I'll, I'll still go to that wide stance. So mm-hmm. for me, the free skiing and the drills and stuff are really important because – I got to get my uh, stance narrower. I got to stand stronger like on my outside ski build that platform instead of going back to kind of those like more blocky movements. Absolutely. I kind of wish I learned this stuff a couple of years ago. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, a couple of years ago you didn't have an excuse, but I think, you know, if we're talking 10 years ago, I mean, I think coaching and the technique and what, what, how people saw it was so different. Whereas now it seems to make a lot of sense. 
Um, Julia, thank you so much for being a part of this. Yeah, and thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate your 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 candid and eloquent explanations towards everything. I mean, I'm sitting here taking notes, trying to think of the next where the conversation can go and then then you'd, you'd go there on your own so I, that, I love talking about this stuff so it's it's easy yeah i can tell yeah. i appreciate it a lot yeah thanks for having me yeah you've been listening to peace stuff the official podcast of fantasy ski racer also brought to you by technica ski boots and blizzard skis thank you again for listening in